If you have a Bible this morning, I want to uh, invite you to find the book of Mark, and we're going to be in chapter number five. So find Mark chapter five. And I am so glad that you are here today. Uh, I'm excited to share with you what God has put on my heart, what God is doing in me and in my heart. In fact, if it is your first time here today, you picked a great week to come to church because we're starting a brand new message series this week. Uh, it's, so this is kind of the beginning of the movie. If you don't know what that means, we speak the sermon parts of our church services in series where we kind of hang on the same topic for a month or a few weeks at least. And then once we've said everything we can about that topic, we go to another one. Uh, and so that's where we're at. Today is the, the first week, like I said, of three a three-part series that we've called Mind the Gap. Mind the Gap. And if you uh, have never heard that phrase or if you're unfamiliar with that phrase, uh, it is written all over subway stations and train stations around the world. We don't use this much in America. We don't say this, but in, uh, in London, you will hear it over the loudspeaker, see it on the train station platforms. Uh, in fact, in the 1960s in London, this phrase kind of started. Uh, they had so, so many more people begin to get on their subways that they had to do something because up until that point, they had people, attendants, at all of the subways that would welcome people onto every car and say, hey, watch your step, watch your step, watch your step. Well, eventually, so many people were getting on the subways that they, that they had to change that. So they had this lady record the phrase, mind, mind the gap, kind of like, mind the gap. Was that pretty good? That wasn't too bad, was it? Thank you. Uh, I've been working on it all week. But they recorded that, and they play it nonstop in the London subway system. They have it written on the ground. And the idea here is watch your step, be careful, pay attention as you step onto the train that you don't, okay, fall in the hole is what this is. Mind the gap, pay attention to that right there. And uh, the general concept in this series is this. There are gaps in all of our lives that we need to be mindful of. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about a few of these. In fact, next week, we're going to talk about a gap that we're calling the waiting gap. Uh, and waiting is not something that as Americans we are very good at. Would you agree? Yeah, let me give you an example. Uh, we choose to pay more for things in order to have them now by putting them on credit cards, financing them, even though financially it is not a good decision, we say, I want to have this car right now. I can't afford it. So instead of waiting, I'm going to pay 10,000 extra dollars for it over the next five years, okay? Americans, we do this, don't we? And, um, but next week we're going to talk about what do we do when we feel like God has promised something, God has said something, uh, but we, we feel like it never happens. And there's this waiting period that, that we go through. We're going to talk about that next week. The third week, we're going to look at what we're calling the comparison gap. Uh, our social media world has really created a culture of emotionally unhealthy people who are constantly comparing each other to the people around us. In fact, we're going to use this phrase. We like to compare our behind the scenes to other people's highlight reels. And it does not work very well. And we're going to talk about that. And I think that I think that's going to be a powerful thing for some of us in in this place. Well, all right. Turn to your neighbor and say, that was the longest intro ever. Okay. Uh, that brings us to our topic for today. And I want to ask you to stand with me all over this place as we read our passage of scripture, Mark chapter five. 
And uh, we're going to begin reading in number, uh, verse number 21, and we are going to read 15 verses all together. And so get comfortable where you're standing. Follow along on the screen if you don't have a Bible. Powerful story that we're going to see from the life of Jesus here. Mark, 5, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Here we go. It says this, When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come, put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciple answers, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some of the people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your, your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Let's pray. God, we ask that you would move in this place we ask that you would speak to us, God. We ask that, that as we sit on the edge of our seats today in expecting you to show up, that you would come through and, and do what only you can do. We give you this time and we ask that you would speak and it's in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. All right, are you ready? All right, here, here we go. Last year... I had what I call the worst hotel experience of my life. It was horrible, absolutely horrible. And it wasn't because the room was like a mess or that it smelled bad or any of those types of things. It wasn't because the TV didn't work or the bed was all lumpy and uncomfortable. And it wasn't even because the hotel staff was all rude to me or any of the, these types of things. I had the worst hotel experience of my life because of the shampoo. Okay, let me explain to you what had happened. Um, it was the third morning and the last morning of my stay there, and I woke up and jumped in the shower like I do every single day, and uh, I quickly realized, though, that the little tiny bottle of shampoo that was in the shower with me was empty, and there was none left. I had used it all the day before, so I quickly look out uh, of the curtains, fully expecting to see another little tiny of bottle of shampoo on the, the counter by the sink, uh, expecting that they would have put a new one there when they cleaned the room, and there was none. And for some reason, this little thing uh, became a, a source of anger in my life. In fact, I remember cursing the day I was born. 
not because I did not have this little tiny bottle of shampoo. And I'm standing there thinking, what am I going to do here? My hair is wet. I'm in, I'm in the shower and I have nothing here. I have no shampoo. So I, I did find the little uh, bar of soap and begin to rub it in my hair and wash it out. And uh, let me just tell you, that does not work. It doesn't work. And I, and I left that hotel experience so frustrated and never wanting to come back because of that, because of the shampoo. I, I heard a pastor say this one time, frustration can be defined as the gap between what you expect and what you experience. Let me say that again. Frustration can be defined as the gap between what you expect and what you experience. And I had a very basic expectation that they would provide for me enough tiny bottles of shampoo to wash my hair. That was a basic expectation. And that hotel had nice rooms, a nice big TV, a great breakfast. I slept well, but I left that place never wanting to come back so frustrated because my expectation and my experience, there was a gap right there. And here's where we're taking this today. There is a gap for most of us, for all of us, in one or more areas of our lives between what we expect and what we have actually experienced. And this is true in all sorts of small things that really don't matter, like my shampoo, or if you were to go to a restaurant and you have a frustrating experience because the, the server will not fill up your drink in the right way, okay? It's, it, there, there are little things like that. Uh, we expect April 8th to be warmer than 25 degrees, and when there is a gap in what we expect and what we experience, at least a frustration, would you agree? Yeah, we're all on the same page. But today really isn't about those things. Uh, here's, what I, here's where I want to go with this and, and follow here for just a moment. There's a gap in most marriages between what we expected when we were dating, when we were engaged, when we were so in love, and what we've actually experienced. I know, I know for Donna, what she expected and what she experienced, things are so much better in every way. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you laughed because that was, it was a joke. But there's a gap for most of us between what we expect and what we've experienced. There, there's a gap in a lot of people's career and financial situations, a gap between what we expected and where we thought we would be and where we actually are, what we have actually experienced. And even in church, even in church, there is often a gap between what you expect church people to be like and to act like and what you experience once you've been around them for a little while. Please don't point, okay? Uh, there's a gap in this. There, there, there's a gap between what we expect and what we have experienced, and it leads to frustration in many different areas of our lives. And today I want to use an illustration. Austin, will you please bring that out for me? Um, today I want to use an illustration, and we're going to use the same illustration all three weeks of this series. Uh, yeah, but we're going to slightly change it a little bit each week, and I think this is going to be memorable. How many of you like Legos? Oh, come on, somebody. Raise your hand if you like Legos. My family, we like ourselves some Legos. Legos are fantastic. I have four kids. All four kids love Legos. In fact, last year, the only thing we bought on Black Friday was this 1,500-piece, $30 amazing tub of Legos. And it sits in our living room even right now. We love Legos. Now, let me show you this thing. I picked this up this week. Um, we've got this Lego set here. 
it has this awesome helicopter. I'm so fired up to put this together with my kids or by myself. We'll see. But uh, we've got this awesome helicopter here, if you can see it. And then we've got this red sports car. Um, and then we have a police car. And um, the propeller spins on this thing. It's so cool. And then uh, it comes with some little figures. We've got a policeman and a helicopter driver. And I mean, this is awesome. Uh, I, I love Legos, but I want, uh, I want you to picture something here with me because I know, I know and I understand that all of us in this place, we, we know what Legos are and we understand how they work. But I want you to pretend with me for a second that Somebody is buying a set of Legos for the very first time. They have never done this. They have never heard of a Lego. And they go to the store and they look at the box here and they think, wow, this looks amazing. I need this. And they buy this thing, not understanding what it is. And they get home and uh, they put it on the kitchen table and they begin to open it. And they open this Lego thing, having never understood, they've, no one's told them. And they pull this out and they go, what in the world is this? And they, and they pull all of the stuff out and they realize and they look at this. If I can get these out here. Okay. And they think to themselves, this doesn't look anything like this. I thought I was buying a helicopter and a car here and I opened this thing and all I have is little baggies filled with 300 pieces. What is going on here? There is a difference in what I expected this to be and what it actually was when it came out. Now, we're going to come back to this Lego stuff in a few minutes. Uh, but I want us to talk quickly through the story we read in Mark chapter 5. Because in this story, we're going to see uh, multiple expectations in a way get shattered and get broken by their experience. And, and there's something so powerful for us to learn here and to see here. So uh, Mark chapter 5, Jesus gets out of this boat. Immediately, crowds of people form. Uh, this was very typical in Jesus' life. There, he's healing people. He's teaching people. People came flying everywhere he was. They gather around him. Well, the story says that a man named Jairus, a father, comes and he gets on his knees before Jesus and he begins to plead with him. And what does he plead? He pleads this. He says, my little girl is dying. Please come. Please come. My baby girl, she's dying. This is a desperate man with a desperate request. His daughter is at the death's door. And he says, Jesus, I need you to come right now. Okay, verse 24 just tells us that Jesus went with him. We get the assumption that Jesus has made a decision. Yes, I will go with you to heal your daughter. Now, now I want to pause for a moment here and say that as a father, I have a basic deep down expectation that my kids are going to be healthy. It's, I mean, I don't think about it in that way, but as a parent, we just expect that our kids are going to grow up and get married and give us grandkids. We expect that we are going to pass away before they do. Would you agree? It's just a basic expectation of every parent. My kids are going to be healthy. But here we have a father who this expectation is falling apart. His little girl isn't healthy. In fact, she is dying. But in our story, we're about to see another expectation that is going to fall apart. Because Jesus, in hearing the plea of this father, says, okay, let's go. And now all of a sudden, this man, this father, has a new expectation that is formed in his life and in his mind. The expectation is that Jesus is now going to heal her. 
that she is going to make it because Jesus is going to come through. This is what he was expecting. This is what he wanted. Okay, Jesus agrees. Uh, but as this father and Jesus were on their way to this little girl, Jesus is interrupted. The story says that a woman with a physical condition in her body, she sneaks up behind Jesus, touches his clothes, instantly, supernaturally, she is healed of her disease, of the stuff going on. This is a miraculous event, a supernatural experience for this woman who has just been physically healed. But Jesus stops. Remember, little girl is dying. Jesus stops. And he begins to have a conversation. He starts talking to his disciples. Who touched me? This woman admits it. And he says, oh, and he starts having a conversation with this woman who's been healed. And he's standing there. And they're, they're, can you imagine as the dad of this little girl who is dying, you're standing there thinking, okay, okay, Jesus, my little girl, come on. Can't you come back? Let's, let's go. This is the picture we have in this story. And then we get to verse number 35. And I want you to feel the emotion, the sadness, the frustration, even the anger uh, as we read this together. Listen to verse 35. It says, while Jesus was still speaking, he's still standing there. He's been interrupted. He's still talking to these people. Some people come from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and they say, your daughter's dead. Your daughter's dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Can you imagine the emotional roller coaster that you have just went on as a father? As, as your hope had gone up, as your expectations had gone up, and now all of a sudden, all of that is shattered with the news from your, it's too late. Jesus, why? This woman, she cut in line. This isn't fair. This isn't how it was supposed to play out in my life and in my family. My baby girl is dead. He had an expectation. And I would guess and I would even assume that there are some of us today who can agree and understand with the statement that is made by the people who come and bring the news. Because what do they say? They say, they say why bother? Why bother the teacher anymore? Why bother? And there are some of us in this place, and you're thinking, why bother? As your expectations have been not what you experienced, and maybe you even feel like God has let you down, like you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and things didn't get any better, and you find yourself thinking, why even bother? You had expectations that God was going to come through and it just did not play out the way that you expected. In fact, maybe you had expectations that till death do us part actually meant till death do us part and then he left you or she was unfaithful and you're left picking up the pieces of your experience not, not e equaling what you expected. Or maybe you found yourself so far in debt, you just, you just can't even see a way out. Or you thought you'd be farther along in your career and you find yourself thinking, why bother? Now listen to this. Some people in life, many people in life, respond to their disappointed expectations and their frustrations by simply lowering their expectations to the level of their experience. And they become hopeless and they become negative and cynical and, and they begin to say things like, well, I, I guess I just wasn't meant to be happy. 
And, and I guess I wasn't meant to have any money. I guess I wasn't meant to find true love. But, but you have to understand, and this is so important, if you walk around life expecting the worst in everything that you do, you will get what you expect. You'll get what you expect. If your perception of church is that church people are hateful and judgmental and hypocrites, then you are going to get an experience of church that is colored by and limited by your own expectation. Don't miss this. Write this down. And this is true in so many different areas in our lives. Don't let what you expected keep you from what God wants you to experience. Don't let what you expected keep you from that, keep you from what God wanted you to experience. Back to our story. You have to see how this plays out. The father in our story, his hope has just been shattered. His expectations have, have been crushed by his experience as he just found out the news that his baby girl was dead. Why bother anymore? Verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. And he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. They laugh at Jesus. And listen to this. After he put them all out, Jesus like, there's people laughing at him. There's people who don't believe it. He gets them out of there. He puts them all out. He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and they went to where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. Now here's where I want us to, to go as we kind of pull this all together. It can be so easy to deal with the expectation gap that we have and we all experience in our lives by just lowering our expectations to the level of our experience. But I want to suggest a different way. And to many of us, this is going to just sound so churchy and you're going to blow me off right away. But let me kind of piece this together. I want to suggest that we allow God to fill the gap between what we expect and what we experience. That we allow God to fill that. Well, well, well what does that mean? Well, well, let's bring this back to the Legos here because I know that you've been waiting for this the whole time anyway. If, if we had a person here who, who was saying and they've never done Legos before and they don't know what they were and they were like, this doesn't look like this. You know what we would tell them? We would just say, look at the instructions. And they'd go, what? What instructions? There's instructions? And we'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this little booklet here. Okay, it came, in, it came in with all the bags and stuff. This right here will tell you exactly how to make this look like this. All you have to do is follow the instructions. It'll say, take the red piece with four dots and connect it to this piece. It's going to tell you which piece to put where and in what order. And you now, you can now make this look like this. You just have to follow the instructions. But listen, if you don't follow the instructions, you have almost no chance. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay? Follow the instructions. Can I just tell you that so many people, the gap that we are experiencing in our lives is due to the fact that we are not following the instructions. So you're like, wait, what are you talking about? Instructions. 
God has given us an instruction manual for life. His very word, the word of God, the, the, the Bible, and understand, in the, do you know that in the Bible, you will find the keys to having a fantastic marriage relationship? You know, you will find that. And in this book, you will find how, instructions on how to handle your personal finances. It's laid out. In this book, you will find how to deal with circumstances, difficulties that come your way, but so many simply are not following the word of God. In fact, I will say this, so many of our expectation gap problems are simply because we haven't listened to God. God lays out how to, how to have a marriage, and yet in America we say that's old-fashioned. Nobody's doing that. Everybody sleeps with everybody before they get married. That is nonsense. And here we sit at a 50% plus divorce rate in our nation. It's not working. It's not working. The Word of God tells a different way. Here we are in America, so far in debt, the average family, $16,000 in credit card debt at all times. We're drowning ourselves. We have more money than we need, but we spend everything we get when we get it, and we're drowning in debt and dealing with the stress that comes with that. The Bible tells us another way. In fact, I would say so many of our expectations that are not being met are not godly expectations in the start because we've failed and we've walked away from God's way, from God's way. Listen, as we seek God more and more and as we dive into his word, as we spend time with him, there is a promise. There's a promise that God will fill you. There's a promise that God will be with you, that God will help you. I'm not saying we will have all of the answers to life's questions. I don't know why God doesn't answer some prayers and he answers others, okay? But I am convinced that the answer lies in seeking God and in trusting him. Music team, will you please come? All right, let's try to land this plane here or this helicopter, either way. You may be frustrated with your past. You may feel like God has let you down or maybe the mistakes that you've made in so many different ways, you carry them with you every single day and you live in guilt of what you've done and where you've been. Maybe she left you. Maybe your life isn't turning out the way that you thought it would, the way that you planned. I'm here to tell you that things can change. I'm here to tell you that things can turn around. God still does miracles. He still does the impossible. But hear this, don't miss this. Sometimes those miracles are on the inside. For those of us who go to him and to seek him and to spend time with him and we watch as God miraculously takes horrible situations and turns them around for good. With no one looking around for just a moment, a time of privacy and kind of reflection before we go, how many in this place would just say, I need God to fill my life more than ever before. If that's you, just raise your hand with me. God, you see these lives, you see these hands, you see these people, and God, I just pray that you would fill us with more of you than we've ever had. 
And God, that as we trust you more, as we seek you more, as we put our faith in you like never before, God, I pray that you would move in our hearts, in our lives, and in our situations, God. And even if, even if we don't get our questions answered, even if you don't do things in the way that we expected, God, I pray that as we seek you and as we trust you, that you would just bring us the peace and the comfort and the love and the grace that only comes in you and let that change who we are, God. We need you, God, more than ever. It's in your name we pray. One more thing here before we go. Maybe you walked into this place today and and, and you just know that you're not right with God. Maybe you were at some point in your life and maybe you've just wandered off or or maybe for the very first time uh, or you have never done this and you need to give your life to God for the very first time. See, See, you can work your way to God. You can go to church. You can put in the time. Uh, you can give money in the offering and do all of those types of things, thinking that you will somehow earn your way and earn right standing with God, but it's simply not true. The Bible says there's only one way. There's one way to be forgiven. There's one way to be right with God, and that is just by what Jesus did on the cross, and that's you and I putting our trust and our faith in Him and what He's done for you. Maybe you're here today and you would say, I need to give my life to God. I need to receive that grace and that mercy and that forgiveness. If that's you with no one looking around, quickly just show me your hand. I want to pray for you very quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I just need to do that. I need to give my life to God. Thank you. I want to lead us in a prayer here before we close. These aren't magic words, but everyone in this place, please pray this with me. Pray, pray, Father God, I know I'm a sinner and I need you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate that for a moment. God, as we walk out these doors today, I pray that we would be more aware of your presence than we ever have been before. Challenge us, change us, move us forward. Oh God, that is our prayer. And it is in your name we pray. And everybody said,